We are starting, <coughs> let me go again, in a new preaching series today, which we're calling Heart, Tongue, Hands, Feet, uh, where we are looking at the ways in which the gospel works on us and transforms us, not just in the actions that we do, but in who we are on the inside. Transforms us from the heart outwards or from the inside out. Uh, I'm excited to be doing this with you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking, have been looking forward to this. Uh, our normal preaching is we walk through books of the Bible, and I, I love that. That's really important. But every now and then we step aside and we do a little topical series to point us towards something very, very vital and very important and very biblical in and of itself. Um, and with that, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're, then we're going to kick into this. Jesus, would you speak to us today through your word? Uh, we pray, Lord, I, I know my insufficiency. I know the dangers, Lord, of coming to a topical sermon and just saying what I want to say. Oh, what a woeful and boring and awful day that would be. Lord, speak to us today. Lift Jesus high. Help us to see the God who is revealed to us in his good and perfect word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your time is limited. So don't waste it. Don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living the results of someone of, of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart. Steve Jobs said it, by the way. That's not me. Just in case you were about to leave. Uh, <laughs> Steve... Jobs said that, and he was hardly being original. Um, if you wanted to find one sentence, one phrase that catches the secular creed, uh, the core belief system, the religion of the modern secular Western world, this is probably it. Follow your heart. Honestly, I don't think Christians, I don't, I'm not sure we're often very clear on exactly what we do with that. Uh, many, of us, many of us will rightly respond, you know, we'll do a little scripture quotation from Jeremiah and we'll go, no, 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 the heart is deceitful above all things. Don't follow your heart. In fact, um, there's, a, there's an author that, who I love, by the way, named John Bloom. Uh, he's written an excellent book titled Don't Follow Your Heart. And in it, he writes, the Bible is full of examples that warn us not to follow our hearts. He lists a few. It's, it's pretty fun. When Moses followed his heart, he killed an Egyptian and faithlessly struck the rock. When Balaam followed his heart, he was rebuked by a donkey. When Nebuchadnezzar followed his heart, he ended up eating grass like an ox. When Haman followed his heart, he ended up hanging from the gallows he had built. When the disciples followed their hearts, they argued over who was the greatest and in terror abandoned Jesus in Gethsemane. When Ananias and Sapphira followed their hearts, they lied to the Holy Spirit and dropped dead. He concludes, the Bible is clear, we must follow God's heart, not ours. You know what, I agree with him 100%. But, what are we to do with these heart things we've been given then? Because here's the danger, we might hear that and we might say, don't follow your heart, and then we might end up with a Christian faith which consists exclusively of external actions. 
of, of religiosity, if you will. The, the heart can't be trusted, so don't give it too much attention. Don't put too much weight on it. Don't focus on it. Instead, do the right things on the outside and deny the heart might be where we end up. There's a danger of that, you see. But at best, that, is, uh, that teaching is not of the Bible, but of the Stoics. Uh, that a good life is simply consistent of denying yourself and doing the right things. Now, both of those things have some truth in them. Surely, as you heard me say, denying yourself, you heard Jesus, right? But the Christian life does not involve just ignoring the heart. At worst, it's the religion of the Pharisees, do you see? Who Jesus said were like whitewashed tombs clean and beautiful and wonderful on the outside, but inside full of uncleanness and death. Indeed, the Bible says a lot about our hearts. It calls us into a life that exists, not just in the words that we speak, not just in the, the, the things that we do or the places and the people that we go to, but exists in the heart. So today, today I have one main thing, one main point I want to get across to us. True faith is always a matter of the heart. And so being always comes before doing. And so who you are always comes before what you do. But perhaps, perhaps we should step back just a little bit here, okay? All right. I've, I've got, us, got us a little intro to the subject matter here, but uh, we might be wondering, and it might be worth clarifying, what is the heart? Um, give a bit of definition there. When the Bible talks about the heart, it isn't speaking anatomically. Uh, I, I work as a nurse one day a week. Uh, when I talk to people about their hearts at my work, typically I'm not talking about the same thing that I'm talking about here when the Bible talks about the heart. Um, it's, it's also not just the feelings. That's, that's probably a more common way for us to misunderstand the Bible here. A lot of the time when people talk about their heart today or, or, or having a lot of heart, or, what we're really talking about is how, how we feel. And, and, and that's certainly connected, don't get me wrong, but it, it's not by no means the entirety of the matter. The New Testament speaks about the functions of the heart in a bunch of different ways. It speaks about understanding being a thing that happens in your heart. It speaks about it as the source of your actions both good and bad. Jesus says, out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. But he also says we are to forgive from the heart. He says we love with our hearts. In the heart, we hold our deepest treasures and desires. Um, Paul Tripp, who's a, an author worth paying attention to, he defines it like this. He says, the heart is the essential core of who you are. Another author wrote that the heart represents the core of one's being. It holds deep convictions and sets a course in your life. So, so desires are a matter of the heart. Will is a matter of the heart. And out of these, uh, ultimately, the choices that we make come from the heart. Here's my best crack at a short definition, if you want one. The heart is the nucleus of who you are, and especially of your beliefs, desires, treasures, and will. 
your beliefs, your desires, your treasures, and your will. Or to put it even more briefly, your heart is who you are. Yeah, we know that, right? Like, when you talk about getting to know someone, you're not talking about how they look. You can tell that from the outside, actually. When you talk about getting to know someone, you're talking about getting to know who they are on the inside, the inner person, the heart of the person. And with that in mind, we have a bit of a, a tension here because what's our main assertion today? That true faith is always a matter of the heart, right? To live out life as a follower of Jesus. Indeed, to live out life as it was created to be. If you want to have a good life by the definition of the person who gave you life and therefore is the only one who knows, it must come from the heart. But that's not just something you can do. The heart is deceitful above all things, right? It, it's in the Bible. Calvin said that the, heart, uh, the human heart is a factory for idols. Your heart has lied to you more seriously, more regularly, and more convincingly than anyone else in this entire world has ever lied to you. Do you realize that? I could demonstrate it a billion ways, but if you don't believe me, just come and talk to me afterwards. Clearly, if the heart is the core of who you are, then before we can be do authentic faith, living life, true living from the heart, we need a true or a truer than we have heart, right? Remember, the Pharisees tried to be good just with the actions, but without heart transformation, Jesus condemned them for it. And this is why we need the gospel and where so many people misunderstand the, the gospel, the core of the Christian faith. Here's how a lot of people see Christianity, the gospel. Come to Jesus, do the right things, and he will accept you. Often, attend church, suppress your desires, no sex, no drugs. No lying or stealing. Some people, no drums. It's a weird one. And you'll be right with God. But, but do you see, that's just another attempt at the Pharisee mindset, right? Like, we, we may as well not have bothered with Jesus. <laughs> just do the right things and you'll be right, is, is the mentality there. Just work hard enough and God will accept you. And that is a version of the Christian faith which the Bible knows nothing about. Here's the true gospel for your life. God promised, as we, as we heard read for us before by Deb. Thank you, Deb. Um, he said, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And Jesus came down, and in his life, his heart was right. His beliefs, his desires, his treasures, and his will aligned perfectly with what they are meant to be, with, with God the Father. What God made human beliefs, desires, will to be, Jesus was. And as he went to the cross, he offered up his perfection, his perfect heart and his perfect life 
in the place of our sinful hearts, our broken lives. And he rose in victory over death and over our old hearts. And in his resurrection, he offers to you and to all who will trust in him a new heart. A recreation of who you are. Paul writes that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. It's not just to go to church and you'll be all right. It's not just to tick a few boxes and do the right things and you'll be all right. It is come to me and I will change your heart, says Jesus. So as we've said, true faith is always a matter of, of the heart. Who you are comes before what you do. And we've been given the power to live out true faith because by faith in him, Jesus gives us a new heart. One thing that means is that this can be your first day in church or this can be your 5,000th day in church and you might not have truly been saved. It's possible. You may have just come along, felt encouraged by the sermons, thought the music sounded lovely, even just sat there and, and, and been like, well, I'm just here because I should be here, and thought that you're, you know, you're right with God because, because I'm doing the right things, right? But unless you have received the new life in the name of Jesus, that's not the case. Unless you have thrown your life onto him, trusted in him to the exclusion of all others, and been given a new heart, you're still on the outside, let me tell you, that can change today. We're going to return back to this, but it is not a matter of agreeing that he is real, though, or agreeing to his rules. It must be throwing yourself on him in entirety, not just assenting to his existence. Trusting him wholly to save you, to change you, to lead you from here on out in your life. And that brings us to the, to the other really important thing that we have uh, to talk about here today when we're talking about the heart. Who you are comes before what you do. And, and if you have come to trust in Jesus, been saved by Jesus, like we said, then he gives you a new heart, but it doesn't end there. That doesn't mean that now all of your desires, all of your treasures, all of your... Will is going to be just perfect from here on out, just peachy. I mean, if, if you're someone who's believed in Jesus, uh, you're probably aware of this already. Uh, but, but it's important that we make us aware. We don't become perfect overnight when he gives us a new heart. In Ephesians 4, Paul calls us to put off your old self. Now, take in mind, he's talking to Christians here. He's talking to people who've given their lives to Jesus. He says, put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So he says, we have a new self. You're a new person, a new heart. We are a new creation in Jesus. But in the time between now and when we see him, Either when we die or when he returns, the old 
lingers. You have been given new beliefs, new desires to follow, new treasure to hold in your heart, a new will which can say yes to the good and no to the bad. In fact, God created the desires of your heart. Do you realize this? This is a little aside, but, but Satan and the old heart don't give you new desires. They just corrupt and twist things that God has already given you. Christian faith is not about avoiding your desires. It's about using them in the way they were created to be used, which incidentally is the way that will bring you the most joy. Sexuality was, was given as a gift to be enjoyed in the context that God created for, in the commitment and security and joy of the one woman, one man relationship of marriage. Anger was given to be expressed in the right context. You know, we covered this a while back when we were talk, going through Ephesians, right? But anger, we think of anger as an automatically unrighteous thing sometimes. And, and, and therefore, we, we associate it with the sinful actions that sometimes we produce when we get angry. And we think that what Jesus has, has come to do, it must be that he has come to get rid of our anger, right? To make you a not angry person anymore. But that's not it. Paul says, be angry and do not sin. There's an important place for anger in the Christian life. Even though we need to be cautious because of our tendency to sin, there's a place for it. Satan deserves your anger. Injustice should inspire a response of anger within us. Above all, our own sin should anger us. Coming back from my little aside, even though we have been given a new heart with new desires, lingering there still is the old beliefs, the old desires, the old treasures and the old will, the echoes of an old heart. And for that reason, it's vital that those who have been saved by Jesus live our lives with him, draw near to him continually. Because your heart needs to be fed and led toward the good. These aren't my words. I'm stealing these words from someone else, but they're good words. No one drifts towards holiness. Like, like if you want to go upstream, you've got to swim. We swim in a culture today that eagerly moves away from God. That's, that's, that's actually been the case basically in one way or another since, since Jesus, since creation, really, or since the fall. It is so important that you are feeding the new desires of the new heart. Let me ask you, are you immersing yourself in things that will draw you closer to your Savior or things that draw your heart away from him? Jesus said, as the Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. And, you know, primarily that's talking about us feeding on him in being justified by his death and resurrection, but also it is a call to feed every day. Are you feeding on him? Do you come to Jesus and grow closer to him every day? Do you live your life in his word? and in prayer toward him, and in community with saints who love him. Is that a priority in your life? How deceptive 
is the lie that says that life is too busy for these things. So many Christians get tricked into going about our lives without experiencing the renewing relationship with God that we were made for. We try for good actions, but don't feed our hearts with his presence. Jesus says that a good tree produces good fruit. We are doubtless going to come back to that passage as this series goes on. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. And so the good person out of their heart's good treasure produces good. If you've been trying to produce good then, without living in a way that treasures God and fosters your relationship with him, and it frustrates you perhaps that the good seems to disappear and gets replaced by bad very easily, then Jesus would say, you know, maybe the problem is that you're trying to nail apples to a tree. You're trying to put fruit on there without it having the conditions in which it can grow. I don't know if you've got fruit trees. I have fruit trees. I'm not very good at looking after them. But if you nail apples to a fruit tree, you actually just damage the tree and the, the apple rots and it falls off. It's not a very pretty thing. True faith is always a matter of the heart because being comes before doing. Who you are comes before what you do. And then, you know, as we're feeding the new desires of a new heart by living in relationship with God, then our hearts need to be led into, a good, into the good choices. So feed them and lead them. John Bloom again, he says, Our hearts were never designed to be followed, but to be led. Our hearts were never designed to be gods in whom we believe. They were designed to believe in God. We are to lead our hearts in choosing the good ways in this life. Not something you can do if you don't have a new heart, by the way. And not something you can do if you're not drawing near to God in your new heart. And what we're going to do over these coming weeks then is we're going to apply that reality to our lives. Seeing how heart transformation leads to transformation in all. Leads to transformation in the words of our tongues. It leads to transformation in the actions of our hands. It leads to transformation in the people that our feet take us to. But right now, today, church, I've got a very simple challenge for us all. Who does your heart belong to? Like I said, this could be your first or 50th time in church. And you're just realizing that this, this isn't a thing about going to a special place on a Sunday. I mean, blimey, look at the building around you. <laughs> Christianity is not about doing the right things, not, about, not first and foremost about what you do, but about who you are and about who your heart belongs to. And, and maybe today's the day that you realize that you need to give your heart to Jesus so that he can give you a new one. Perhaps you've known that this has been coming for a while. Perhaps, perhaps there's been a long time build up to this and this is the day when it's finally welled up and you see my heart is like a stone and it's sinking me to the bottom of the ocean.
Jesus, this is what you need to pray. Jesus, I trust in you. Take away my heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh. I'm throwing myself on you. Lead me, Lord. Yeah, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're the person who is a faithful believer, right? Who, who's, who's a follower of Jesus. But I have this question for you then. To whom does your heart belong? Perhaps more accurately, who do you live like your heart belongs to? Who do you feed your, your heart for? Who do you lead your heart to? Do you spend your days enhancing your experience of your, the experience of your heart in something other than the one who has given you a new heart? If, if I could see a list, right? And, 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 and glory to God, I am not the adjudicator or the judge of, of your life. Um, it's good for both of us. But if I could see a list of the things that you do and the time that you give to them, would it show me that you love the Lord? Would it show me that your heart belongs to him? Would it demonstrate that truth? Would it show me that the beliefs, the desires, the treasures, the will of your heart are directed fully at Jesus? Would it, would it show that he is your treasure in all things? Would it show that a television holds more of you than he does? This, this is a challenge that we keep running into as people, isn't it? There are always things that try to draw us into thinking that they are more important. Would it show me that a job or a garden or a farm or your studies are more important than he is, that they have your heart? Who do you feed your heart for and who do you lead your heart to? Who does your heart belong to? One of the early church fathers, um, Augustine, Augustine, take your pick. He said, you've made us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. No other food is going to fill your heart. It will just leave you feeling emptier than before. I want to offer us a chance to pray now. Um, to bring these things to God in repentance, in faith. If you're making that first step of faith today, or if you're a believer who needs to turn away and deny the foolish things and cast yourself on Jesus today, would you, would you do that with me now? And I'm, I'm going to give us I'm going to give us a minute of just we're going to close our eyes. No one's going to be watching each other, but just just to do your own business with God, and then I'm going to lead us in praying in this. Okay. Would you pray with Lord Jesus, we are all people who have sinned. 
for each and every one of us here, our lives without you were consistent of hearts that belonged to other things that didn't deserve them, things that didn't satisfy, and things that, that carried us towards hell. Lord, if there's anyone here who has not believed in you and that this is the day, I just ask that they would be able to pray with me. I give you my heart, Lord. I trust in you, Jesus, in your death for me, in your resurrection to give me life. Give me a new heart and make me yours. Lead me in you and to you. And Lord, for those who have believed, we say, Lord, we believe, help our unbelief. We repent of the ways that we have offered up our hearts to other things. We're sorry for the ways that we have shown with our lives that other things have been more important to us, that, we've, that our hearts act like they belong to them. Lead us to walk in the ways of this new heart, in the, in the desires, the treasures. Oh, there's true treasure in you, Jesus in the will of this new heart. Lead us to follow Jesus. We commit ourselves to you. We ask that you would lead us to follow from the heart. Amen.